So we are now into brand new year, Dave. 2024 has hit us. We've left 2023 in the dust. But um, let's have a quick a quick recap, to be fair, of um, our best and, and worst of 2023. So what films and TV shows we liked, what films and TV shows we thought were rubbish. Um, I've definitely got a few more on my worst list than I've got on my best list. Um, I, I think with everything that was going on last year, um, 2024 is going to be a more interesting year because of all the delays from the writers and actors strike. So what we get in terms of quantity and quality this year is going to be an interesting one. But let's have a quick recap of um, of the last year then. So I'm going to hit you straight off with one of my absolute personal favourites. And this will be no shock to anyone that this appears as probably my favourite film of 2023, Godzilla Minus One. <laughs> We um we obviously re recapped that um an episode or two ago um ourselves so yeah fantastic film terrifying Godzilla um has led me down a rabbit hole of looking into more Godzilla stuff to be fair so um great story one of those rare monster films that the human element you actually cared about at the same time so um it's I think it's up there as well in the I think when I was looking at my, in my research for this, it was rated in the top three or four in IMDb rated films of 2023. Love so um, definitely, definitely up there is is a deserving one. Um, what about yourself? What have you got in your list? Um, yeah, I will uh, just real quick. When you said um, it got you looking into more Godzilla stuff, same. Uh, mm. I've been like reading more about the Toho films and a lot about the history of it. Um, I even rewatched uh, King of Monsters a couple of days mm. ago. And honestly, I enjoyed it more than I ever have. I actually, the human element didn't even bother me that much, which is <laughs> rare. Uh, but yeah, I actually enjoyed it. So shout out Godzilla minus one. That is definitely mm. in my top list. Um, so I'm not going to go into two specifics. Specifics coming. We got some uh, city awards coming up. Um, but my favorite movie of the year actually was a non-fandom movie. Um, so Godzilla minus one is up there. But my favorite movie is going to Oppenheimer. Um, that that's my number one movie for the year. I've really, really loved it. It just it landed for me. Uh, another solid entry by Christopher Nolan, and it was just a great movie experience. Um, but another movie I want to throw out there actually is The Covenant, which was a big surprise. I didn't really hear of it until right before it dropped. It's a Guy Ritchie film. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Mm. Um, he's uh out uh in the Iraq War. Initially, he goes out there and you know it's kind of based on a true story where they had a lot of translators like 20,000 people were brought into the US military to be translators and so it's a it's a rescue mission movie but it's really really good it hits some emotional keys on it too so it was really surprising but one thing left off is Killers of the Flower Moon I feel like that might <laughs> pass that up and be at the top of my list but I I didn't get around to seeing it this year actually so it did not make my list Nice. I'm not going to lie. Killers of the Flower Moon is <clears throat> something I'm unlikely to watch. It just doesn't fall into my into my yeah. brain of of where the kind of thing I would normally watch. To be fair, fair enough. <clears throat> I have very simple tastes when it comes to films. As um mm. as as an absolute stupid nerd geek, um, <laughs> I, I, I I struggle with like timepieces and and mm. like old school films and things like that. So um, okay. it just doesn't. And like if there's if there's no laser swords or like space battles, I'm like, <laughs> what's the point? Um, <laughs> I like so it. I struggle a little bit with those, but um, to throw another one out there from from my list, to be fair, um, mm. I'm trying to stay away from like the the fandom stuff, to be fair, because mm. um, I'm going to honorable mention to Guardians of the Galaxy three. Um, 
Yeah. It, it, it doesn't quite make my top two or three, but I think is a wrap up to their particular trilogy. And as one of the Marvel films this year, it was the best one that we got um, by by For quite sure. some distance. So, um, but probably the one that appears near the top of my list is Super Mario Bros. Oh, um, really fun film. I think. Given the awful films that came out in the 90s, um, those of us that grew up with Super Mario Bros. on the Game Boy and, and stuff like that, we really needed something like this. And I'm not going to say it was like, you know, it's as a, as a drama or anything like that. It's like the top film of all time or anything like that. <laughs> but it was a fun film. It was something good to see. Um, mm. You know, Jack Backer's Bowser was absolutely outstanding. That Peaches song obviously had everyone for months right. in terms of it. Uh, let's hope that does win an Oscar to me, because that would be incredible. It might. <laughs> it might. Yeah, you know, I, it's, it's an original piece. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, it was good. It was catchy. It, it mm. caught on to my, you know, I was singing it in my head for a couple of days after I first heard it on social media. <laughs> um, I haven't seen the movie. And I so I actually tried to watch it last night. Uh, my niece came over for a little sleepover last night, five year old niece. <laughs> and I wanted to watch that with her because I haven't seen it yet. I'm like, perfect. Um, I've been wanting to see it anyways. And it just hasn't made it to it. Me and my wife have almost watched it multiple times because I'm not above watching those types of movies alone without, but it was just like, perfect. I'll, I'll watch it with my niece. I haven't seen it yet. And mm. she proud moment said, I want to watch return of the Jedi. Ooh. So couldn't, couldn't tell her no to that. So I do plan yeah, on seeing but... that soon though, but it was a proud uncle moment. I was like, yeah, yeah, we'll watch star Wars. Are you kidding me? Absolutely. Um, yeah. But I've heard it's super fun. Grew up with Mario playing Mario 64, Mario Kart, all that stuff. So I, yeah, I, I got to get to watch that. <laughs> Um, what appears on your on your worst films of the year list? I've got a few. Let me just throw my first one out there. To be fair, go for it. Uh, the The Flash, um, mm-hmm. absolutely shocking. Um, Flash, to be fair, is, is was always one of my favorite, if not favorite, DC character. Um, and the Reverse Flash was always my favorite sort of villain from DC. Mm-hmm. Um, but given I'm, I'm quite tied into the Flashpoint storyline, um, it's been one of my favorite st- comic stories of all time. To be fair. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was the way they did Flashpoint in the Flash TV series. I don't know if you ever saw it. Um, you expected it to last like a good three or four, or five episodes. Maybe you have repercussions and stuff like that. It lasted like one episode. So when they said they're doing a film on it, I was like, "Cool, maybe they're actually going to finally do this justice." And I was so disappointed with this film. <laughs> it was absolutely yeah. shocker. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I did. I can't really say much more because it was a fucking pile of shite. So. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, what about you? What have you got on your list? Yeah, Flash is down there, um, mainly because of just the disappointment factor, because of how high of expectations I had, like you said. Um, honestly, another one that's down there is Blue Beetle. I oh, really? It didn't land for me at all. I was very disappointed by it. I didn't think it was horrible. I just didn't think it was special, like I was kind of hoping it to be. So it's mm. it's lower. It's, it's not my worst of the year by any means, but it's in the disappointment pile uh, for me. I'd say worst of the year, probably going to go with the most recent one I just watched, uh, Rebel Moon. Um, yeah, that's on my list, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I don't, I saw a lot of ratings saying three out of ten, three and a half out of ten, zero out of ten. Um, I would probably give it like a six, so I don't think it's the worst movie I've ever seen. But man, what a disappointment. I mean, and I, I heard enough before I watched it about how terrible it was. So I didn't have a lot of expectations. And I didn't think it was going to be that good from the trailers anyways. I didn't really know what the plot was. I just knew it was a Zack yeah. Snyder yeah. failed Star Wars film. So I'm like, okay, rated R, you know, Star Wars film. Turns out PG-13 wasn't even a rated R Star Wars film. 
and <laughs> it was just pretty generic in every possible way. So I will probably yeah. throw Rebel Moon as the worst movie for me. Yeah. Could not agree more. Um, the trailers gave no indication of what the plot was. Even after you've watched the film, I'm like, what really was the plot of this? <laughs> um, Rebellion. And, and they talk about the fact that, although there, there is um, like an MA rated or like um, a, a, a oh, director's God. cut that they're going to release that's going to be much different. I'm like, what's the point in doing a PG here. rated that, that is completely different to to a director's cut that's more mature or, or graphic or anything like that? So like, I <sighs> I will watch, obviously, part two, because I'm one of those people that once I've started something, I have to complete it. Right. Um, so I will watch part two, but I I was a lot more brutal. I think when I rated this one online, I gave it a three point five out of ten. I, I think um, I was going to say I think oh, one of yours was a three. <laughs> yeah. So it was. I, I get yeah, it. Though. To me, absolutely shocking. I just I don't that when I saw it before I even saw the movie a day after it released I saw a post and it was a Zack Snyder quote saying, you know, I I really want fans to see the director's cut. It's a totally different movie, and it's like okay, bro. What? Okay. Okay, the Snyderverse, the Zack Snyder's Justice League thing, I get it. Ugh. Things happened, mm. I get it. But if you're going to say this every time your movie comes out instantly, like, well, you know, you should see the other part of it. It's like, well, maybe you should make a movie that we can see it the first time around. Like, if if you can't fit it into the window of what's going to come out into the theatrical release, and this mm. happens every time you make a movie, maybe you need to change some methods of your own, you know? Because I saw that post and immediately just rolled my eyes. Like, come on, man. It just came out. <laughs> is this is like every like DC film director's excuse now, because they were doing it with the mm-hmm. air cut for the, uh, mm-hmm. for the Suicide Squad. And it's like, yeah, this is, this is how the DCEU died. Not on a pile of good films, but in a pile of, of director's cuts in the editing Director's room. cuts. <laughs> yeah, after um, a while. Yeah. yeah. To, um, to throw a couple more out there on my worst list, to be fair. Um, mm. The Netflix film Leave the World Behind. Mm. Um, I don't know if you've seen this. Um, I, I have. I saw through Facebook that there was this was supposed to be a really good film, so I said to my wife, I was like, let's sit down and watch this. And then you know, two and a half hours later, I was sat there confused about this 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 whole film. I was like, I understand the, the theory of the plot, but it was right. so fucking boring. It was like, you're just sitting there through tedium at the end just to get through it, and it goes, is there anything actually exciting going to happen, or is there going to be any real explanation um, to, to what's really going on? And then it's just like, not really. Um no. <laughs> So it was just it was just boring for for the great cast that it had of like the the three or four well known actors in there, um, mm. like Kevin Bacon showing up for a useless ten minutes. Yeah, um, is the is the crazy neighbor? <laughs> um, Doomsday prepper. I saw, yeah, mm-hmm. I saw no point to this film really. Yeah, and it kind of you know when you get to the end and they don't really explain anything, won't won't spoil it all or anything, but they don't really you know <laughs> obviously it kind of just felt like okay, we're just trying to scare people with that because you didn't even have really like a coherent plot. It was just kind of like ominous warning and what was up with the deer. I mean, again, I won't get fully into it, but like, yeah, that's that's yeah, that was that, that was a thread that went nowhere. Yeah, thousands of deer, you know, like what caused that out of everything? That was just a. A, my- a mystery thing they just threw into the plot to be like, well, let's get people thinking here too, like that. I don't know. So it it, it was pretty lazy. I thought it was pretty lazily written. Yeah. Um, and it sucks. Like you said, it was a great cast, and I thought the cast did pretty well. But overall, it was just kind of lazy. <laughs> um, to to throw probably my last one out there, Five Nights at Freddy's. Oh. Um, 
based on obviously the the game that came out i have never played the games or anything like that so i didn't really have much mm-hmm. to it but my other half was eager to go and see it um so we went down and sat uh, sat down and watched it and it was mm-hmm. shockingly bad even she admitted really? it. every review i've seen afterwards is like this was not great um yeah. so as a as supposed to be what was supposed to be like like a horror suspense film it was kind of pointless to be fair um there are a couple of good actors in it like um i can't remember his name off the top of my head but the guy that played um Josh um, Hutcherson? I think, um, yeah, well, yeah, him. And then the guy that played okay. um, Shaggy in the Scooby-Doo, or the old school Scooby-Doo oh, films. Oh, uh, Matthew... Yeah, oh, Matthew... God. I can't remember his name. Was my head, but, Gifford? Yeah, he starts was, with a G, yeah. He was in it, um, and he was funny in it, to be fair. But it, it okay. was just, yeah, rubbish film, to be fair. Um, and my last honourable mention of worst films goes to... This is... People are going to hate me for this. Uh, Barbie. That's <laughs> um, no. because... I went. My wife was again very keen to see this film. I was like, "Cool, no, let's go. Maybe it could be a bit of fun." It had obviously a stellar cast. To be fair, lots of cameos. Um, mm. I think it was just a bad evening all round for me because I finished work. We went straight out to there. I was like, "Let me get some food at the cinema." Um, then the app for ordering food at the cinema wasn't working. By the time we got there, the queue was too oh. big, so I couldn't get any food. So I went in probably into this film a bit hangry. Um, yeah, and then sat down <laughs> yeah. and watched this, and I was like, "It's just not my type of film." Like. Mm-hmm. I I thought it was there are different points where it is amusing and the cast was great, um, but in terms of just like my, again my personal taste being a, a sci-fi space adventure fan, it just wasn't quite my cup of tea. And so I think the combination of not being had to have any dinner, having been at work all day, going straight to the movies, and then having to sit through through some of that was just not a good combination for me. Um, so yeah, yeah. Um, I think the chance of me sitting down and watching it again with my wife are very slim to none. Um, yeah, okay. but, um, and She's got this fucking multicolored Udi that says "I am Knuff on on it now. Um, <laughs> so it's um, it's never leaving the flat ever. So. <laughs> I've seen I've seen the phrase going around. I haven't seen the movie yeah. yet. Obviously, I've heard the hype because it was one of the most talked about. Um, but yeah, it seems I either hear it was an inspirational, motivational work of art. It was so <laughs> beautiful, or I hear it was whatever. It was kind of goofy. So it's it's one yeah, or the other. I have a feeling I'd be on the eh side of things. Um, I love Ryan Gosling <laughs> and Margot Robbie and all mm. the cast in it, but I'm you know I might watch it. I'm not like against it, but I just don't have much of an interest to watch it. Yeah. yeah. Um, any TV shows that go on your worst list of 2023? Yeah, you know, uh, we had a couple good. A couple good TV series this year, a couple bad. I, I put I put a list together for our city episode of all the series and movies and fandom. And after I finished the list, mm. I was like, man, that was, that was a pretty weak year. Um, <laughs> but worst, really, um, I mean, two bad shows. Uh, Secret Invasion needed some help, even though I didn't dislike it as much as everybody else did, actually. Uh, but Monarch, Legacy of Monsters, that's yeah. one of my worst. Oh my it's been a Number massive disappointment. <laughs> yep, I haven't even watched this week's episode. I don't know how many no, episodes there even are. I'm just like, I'll finish like it because I'm like you. If I start it, mm. I gotta finish it. But I'm not enjoying it. <laughs> yeah, ten episodes for this for the series. Okay. So there's one more to go from where we currently stand. Um, yeah, I haven't watched this week's yet. Um, but yeah, just this backstory driven plot in a way um of just going taking the characters in like 2015-16 like a year or two after the original Godzilla film and just mm-hmm. basically spending most episodes giving us the backstory and how they got to where they are now and I think we we said it before I give a fuck about any of these people um they're not exciting they don't draw me in I'm more excited to watch the flashbacks to the 50s 
with those with like their grandparents and and the and the younger version of the mm-hmm. main of one of the characters as well um, played by Wyatt Russell and obviously I, we said before like the fact that the same characters played by real life father and sons so you got Kurt Russell yes. playing the older one and then Wyatt Russell playing the younger version um that was that's good and but apart from that I know it's not supposed to be a film about the monsters so to speak but Give us some more monsters <laughs> a little bit when you're like yeah. Monarch's supposed to be chasing them down and stuff. And you've got one that we've never heard of and we've had like three glimpses of Godzilla. Right. Like it doesn't it doesn't take a budget to talk about them instead of following these flashbacks. It doesn't take a budget to be like in nineteen seventy four this one emerged from blah 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 blah. And this one, hey, there's this type out here. Hey, they actually came from it doesn't there's no budgetary issue with explaining the monsters but we don't even talk about them let alone see them like we just go yeah. over the backstory of one accident and then a, a scientist who had two families <laughs> haven't got any explanations <laughs> of monsters i thought it might be like them setting up about how they set up their stations all over the world when they found the different titans right. in like hibernation and stasis right. and stuff exactly just getting getting none of that so um, like no, talk about the different outposts as much as we've become Godzilla fans recently, this show is is not been not been a good one for us to no. uh, to to take that further on with. So, um, on my list, I've got um, I don't know if you watched it at all on Apple TV. Um, it's a series called Foundation. No, um, series two came out um, in the last year. It's um, based on the old Isaac Asimov um, novels. Um, Foundation. Um, Foundation was one okay. of just talked about as one of the greatest sci-fi novels of all time in the series that he did after that. Um, it's uh, quite hard to explain, really, but based on this show being based off the books, I always thought this was going to be a hard series to nail because of how complicated kind of the story is and that each book jumps ahead several hundreds of years each time. So it's mm-hmm. never the same characters in each book. Whereas with oh. this TV series, they've tried a way to keep the characters from the start of the series in it and jump to ahead hundreds of years and and keeping them somehow in it by being in stasis or being brought somehow back to life and it's just it's veered quite dramatically away from the books and this is actually i'm quite rare in the fact that i don't i wouldn't normally have read the books and then seen a film or tv series to be able to then talk about the differences between the two this is a rare one for me where i actually have Mm. um and it's catastrophic catastrophic the differences between the the books and now this tv series they've gone so far off it it doesn't even seem recognizable to me so to me that appears on there um so yeah big big i'm not excited they're going on for a season three which they need to because they set up the story (laughs) for season three and season two so apart from that though it's just again one of those ones that i will continue watching because i need to see how they're going to end it but i'm (laughs) not excited to watch it anymore um you're stuck about good shows what good have you got shows. for a good show? Um, so I would at the top of my list for good shows. Um, I got a few from fandom actually. I don't know. I don't know if I watched any TV shows that came out this year that were outside of fandom. Actually, though, the more I think about it. Um, but for me, Ahsoka is up there. I mm. I really liked Ahsoka. It, it worked for me. Uh, Last of Us um pretty solid and loki (laughs) season two obviously loki season two is loved it um i still don't know if i like it more than the first season or not it's kind of hard the first season's great uh but yeah those those were just a few solid seasons we needed loki the mcu needed loki everybody needed some type of success to come out of the mcu um and it had a pretty cool little exit there and ahsoka was polarizing but 
I think it worked for me. So I think yeah. for it, my Star Wars heart needed it at least. I needed a mm. Star Wars show to land. Uh, Mando season three was a little iffy, so Ahsoka for me it worked. Uh, yeah. So I, as far as TV series go, it wasn't that bad. There weren't a ton, but the good outweighed the bad mm. for me. Yeah, I've got Ahsoka and Loki on my list as well. Um, I did actually put season three of The Mandalorian down as an honourable mention because I actually really, okay. really enjoyed the se- the season as a whole. Okay. Um, I think the 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 Star Wars fan of me loves almost everything they put out Star mm. Wars wise. So, I, you know, when you like you look into your Facebook memories when they pop up, and obviously over the last month or so, there's been quite a few popping up because of the sequel trilogies that always came out in December. So <laughs> yeah. I've been able to relook at some of my comments after first watching out walking out of the film to seeing some of the sequels and my god how far off was i on some of those um, some of those, same some of those some of those ratings and quotes that i said like i i think i gave rise of skywalker a seven out of ten when i first walked out of the cinema because <laughs> i was like it's yeah. the end of the trilogy it's giving you the nostalgia you need as a star wars fan it's it's playing to the fanboy in you with, without having to go over the top about it and then you watch it back and go my god i was so far off on, on isn't that, that, that weird i i swear to god same thing andy i came <laughs> out of the theater after watching rise of skywalker and i texted my older brother who got me into star wars in the first place who is a big you know star wars fan uh, Red Air to the Empire when it came out, like had the paperback. Big, big Star Wars fan. I texted him after I came out of that. And I was like, they did it. They put together a solid movie. <laughs> I told everybody, I was like, it was pretty good. I took my wife and her dad and sister back to it and saw it a second time in theaters. And the whole movie, I was like, wait, <laughs> wait, this, this isn't very good. What's going on? And every time I watch it back, it gets worse. And I'm, I'm right there with you. I probably would have put an eight on it. And now it's like a five and a half. I don't know how they got me, but they tricked me the first time watching. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, there's, there's enough fan service in this to, for what you yeah. need is like for a final ending to the Skywalker saga and all this sort of stuff. And I was just like, uh, originally I had, uh, I still don't have as much of a problem with the somehow Palpatine returned line because I'm like, okay. how are the rebels going to know how he returned? It's a, it's a decent enough line for them to say because it's not like, <laughs> They're going to have put a, a galaxy-wide explanation out. He's like, I fell down the shaft. I like you know, <laughs> use some Sith Sith magic to transfer myself into a new body that I've been cloning on a secret planet for the last thirty years. Um, so I was like, I think that's a fair enough line. I didn't have much of an issue with it. But... That's fair. It's a yeah. Closed capture <laughs> or uh, closed circuit footage showed the Emperor falling down and <laughs> yeah. like. It's like it's it, it recovered CCTV footage from the Death Star too. We see Palpatine leaving his own body. Um, it's, yeah, yeah. It was just it was just funny just going back and going. I give gave stuff far too much of a good prediction at first, a uh, good review at first. But, um, yeah, that's hilarious though. I'm glad somebody else did too because I always feel silly. <laughs> but yeah, I had Loki, Ahsoka, honorable mention of Mandalorian. Any other one that I put on, on the sort of my favorites of the year was um, outside of fandom was a korean zombie show called happiness um i've been trying to get more into some zombie stuff recently watching films and tv series um i don't know don't know why it's been on my mind but i was like i want to watch a bit more zombie stuff randomly found this show um and what i loved was watching it in its normal korean um 
language with just English subtitles because it gives it a bit more authenticity. But mm. basically, it was like about these two cops that had decided to um, get married, even though they weren't in love, so they could get an apartment. It's like civil servants or something, how they work in career. They get given an apartment if they're married. Mm. Um, and then 10 years down the line, they get an option to buy it really cheap. Um, but then they move in together, and all of a sudden, there's like a zombie outbreak from some drugs that were developed. and all the apartments in like the complex that they're at gets completely locked down and they're stuck in there. And it's how they deal with it all and all the other residents. And there's some people that okay. are really good characters who get killed or didn't deserve to die. And then you've got some characters that you, you long for them to be fucking murdered or to be chomped down on by a zombie and it doesn't happen for them. They get it's all, so it's kind of like, it was a really intriguing series. It was really, really good. I really enjoyed it. It's only like, um, I think like 12 episodes long. It was just a one-off series. Okay. Um, the the cliche happy ending for everyone to well for most of the people at the end to be fair but mm. you know, the the way that the series went the whole way through I actually really enjoyed it so if you haven't seen it and you love your zombie stuff it's on Netflix it's called Happiness um, okay. really really worth a, a watch so okay I've but, heard of it but just briefly so yeah yeah anything else or is that everything you've got on your on your list uh I think that's all I got for for that little wrap up. Same for me. Yeah, not a bad year. I think we need, like I said, I'm slightly in trepidation for what we're going to get this year because of the strikes and everything last year. We're mm -hmm. definitely getting a lot less stuff, but um, hopefully the, the quality will still be good. Hopefully 2025 will be a bumper year since everything's been delayed till then. Right. It's, it should be insane. We should have the Batman 2, Man, <laughs> or Man of Steel. Oh my gosh, I don't know. Superman Legacy, not Man Superman, of Steel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Freudian stuff there. Uh, yeah, no, we got a ton of stuff coming in 2025. I'll be looking forward to that. Welcome to the Galactic Core Podcast. Here to review the latest films and TV shows from all your favorite intergalactic universes. No, no. It's time to get your geek on. Please welcome your host, the prophesized chosen one. It's Andy. Hello and welcome in to a very special episode. The second occurrence of the Galactic Core podcast slash Why So Sidious mm. podcast crossover episode. The last time this happened. We covered the incredible Godzilla minus one mm. film that shook the world from Japan all the way to America, to London, to the UK, to Australia, all over the freaking place. It took over and it's still going hard in theaters. So this time we're going to be covering what if season two. Will it hold up to our first crossover episode? You'll have to tune in and see. I'm your host, David. And here with me is my co-host, Andy of the Galactic Core podcast. How are we doing today, Andy? I am all good, my friend. I'm all good. It's a pleasure, as always, to be back with yourself and the um, and the Wise Cities podcast. And just for the record, that um, that last crossover episode we did about Godzilla minus one, my most viewed video of all time on YouTube um, by a long, long way. It's got double the views of anything else. So people want to look about Godzilla and they want to tune into us chat and make. So that's why we're back for for a round two. We love to hear it. We love to hear it. And we got to give the people what they want. I mean, if, if the numbers are up, then, you know, we got to keep pushing. That's how <laughs> it works here in this business. I love it. Absolutely. All right. Well, um, let's uh, let's crack into this, Andy. Let's let's get into this. What if season two? Um, mm. I, I want to start off real quick. I'm just we'll jump right into it. I want to ask, were you overall pleased or let down by the season of what if what were what were your overall 
overall takeaway from it? Mm. It was a mixed bag for me. Um, okay. As you know, I was a huge fan of season one. Um, I like these kind of like little alternative shows. And whilst this isn't like they do with some other bits where it's like an alternative show and to the mostly the main timeline where you can just write it off as random things. This is obviously part of the multiverse of the MCU. Um, so these are stories that are actually really happening, you know, parallel to the MCU itself. So it's, mm-hmm. it's all still sort of tied in in a way. Um, I was a huge fan of season one. So I came into season two with a lot of expectation when they released the episodes list, I was like, okay, there's some interesting ones in, in there. Yeah. Um, a couple that I was like, I don't really know if that's going to be great or not. Um, so some continuations of season one as well. So I went into this still with high hopes. The trailer looked insane, to be fair, once it came out. Um, and went, this looks like it's going to be really good. Um, the, um, the the finishing off the trailer as well with the, the look at Loki's Yggdrasil tree of the multiverse yeah. and they put some Christmas lights on it just to make it a bit more fancy um, I love the concept of what they did as well with this where they released an episode every day for nine days over Christmas and New Year um, mm-hmm. I really in, enjoyed the fact that they did that rather than sort of doing it week by week or dropping it all at once I thought this was a really clever way to do it mm-hmm. um, and it just got, keeps me hooked every day though. I'm like oh cool let's sit down you know we've had dinner let's watch this week's uh, this, let's watch today's what if episode so Overall, I don't think the season was as good as season one, um, mainly because season one had an overall arc that came together to have a story at the end of it with putting everyone together from that. Mm-hmm. This one, yep, there are a couple of bits where it does obviously all come together at the end, but for the most part, it was still kind of separate um, from each other as well. So not as cohesive as, as season one. I thought some of the stories of season one were better as well. So overall, season one better than season two, but this is still a, a good season, I think, overall. Okay. Well, that answers the second question. I was going to ask uh, if it exceeded season one. So there you go. There you have yeah. it. Um, and it sounds like you're kind of right where I am with it. Um, it doesn't exceed season one for me. I will say it, it's interesting, though. We have the same take, but for different reasons. Um, I actually mm. kind of felt like you're right about season one. They did. I liked how they told a bunch of different stories, but then at the end, they combined all of those stories into, you know, a two or three part. I forgot how they ended season one, but they, mm-hmm. at least for the first 80% of the season though, it was all separate. And then they brought it in together in a really nice way to wrap it up, but it still felt like it was kind of what if, you know, the whole point of what if is to ask mm-hmm. what if, yeah. What if this? What if like crazy, creative, unique circumstances that you could ask that? And so this season, it was kind of all over the place. But for I think four of the episodes had Captain Carter in it. And a lot of it felt like it was kind of the same Captain Carter that we just got in the last two episodes of season one. So to me, it almost felt like it felt like the tales of Captain Carter or like Captain Carter and the multiverse of madness more so than it did. What if season two? <laughs> um, so, and I know, I know that kind of makes it sound like I don't like Captain Carter because I actually do, whether it's live action or animated, I think it's a pretty cool character. Uh, I love Haley Atwell. She kills it, but it just kind of felt like the Captain Carter show rather than a season of what if and going crazy with whatever the case may be. Um, so I felt like they just stuck too much to her for this season uh, instead mm. of being more creative with their storylines. So that was my take from it. But I'm I'm with you, too. It still it wasn't a bad season. I still enjoyed the majority of the episodes. I still really liked at least four of them. 
Um, so it was still a good season of TV, and I loved the way they rolled it out too. I loved it. once a day. It was perfect. My brother-in-law, we had people visiting um, from across the country for that week, and so every day we turn on a new episode at some point while they're visiting and watched it. Um, so I like that strategy, but I do hope season three kind of branches out a little bit more away from Captain Carter. But um, yeah, no, I, I I do completely agree with you there. I mean, it is the same Captain Carter from season one. Mm. Um, and obviously just throwing multiple stories in there for her and continuing her story as well a little bit, wasn't it, with one of the episodes. So, yeah, it was a bit too much focused on her. I don't know why they decided to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I know what you mean. I, I enjoy the character. I just don't think I needed so much of her in this season and for her right. to be the focal point of it, really, um, right. especially when there were so many different stories you can tell um when it when it comes to a series like this you don't have to stick to the same characters you can completely branch out and tell some of the wildest stories ever mm-hmm. we do get that in some of them and the fact that the the cameo appearances you get in certain episodes are people you didn't really expect to see together so that's that's yeah. definitely a good thing um mm-hmm. and with season three like yeah like you said I, I do hope they branch out to be a bit different whether they then tie it into everything that's going on in, in our, on our main mcu timeline in terms mm-hmm. of Worlds start disappearing, uh, the multiverse starts crashing or whatever, going towards Secret Wars um, and Avengers 5. I, I hope they do kind of tie it away. And it's, it's kind of random, though. That at the end of it, we did get a t- they did release like a teaser, didn't they, for one of the episodes for season three? Yes. So they're already in development and got it almost locked in, it seems, which is, um, which is nice because we didn't know if we would get a season three at that point. But yeah. it was was a bit random to see that we've got this clip of like um, Red Guardian and, and the Winter Soldier. Yeah, like was that on accident? Did they mean to release that scene, or because it wasn't a trailer for season three? I don't know if that was an episode that was supposed to happen in season two, and they scrapped it for the next season and Maybe. just gave us a teaser. But yeah, we got Bucky and Red Guardian in the eighties going down the highway as you know Lawrence Fishburne's Bill Foster's chasing them down. Yeah. Um, so that was intriguing. I'm you know I don't know what the what if title is going to be, but. Stuff like that intrigues me. And, you know, a little, that's creative enough. I, I want to see Bucky with, you know, Alexi or whatever his name was, the Red Guardian. So, but very random that that came out immediately mm. as soon as season two ended. But, you know, yeah. yeah. Like, I think you probably hit in there. Like maybe it was an episode they started doing for season two and decided that they, they weren't going to do that. And so they just thought, well, throw it into season three and then we can use it as like a teaser going forward. So, right. Um, did you hear about the other scrapped episode uh, that involved Spider-Man? No, no, I didn't. So apparently for season two, there was supposed to be a Spider-Man episode. Um, and apparently all the quotes are like the, the first draft was really dark. And it, some people were calling it Children of Men with Spider-Man, which if you don't know, Children of Men is an apocalyptic movie uh, where they can't reproduce anymore, I believe. And there's one woman who is pregnant. And so she's being escorted across the country, trying to get through bandits and all this stuff, basically trying to save the human race. And it's pretty, you know, there's a lot of depressing parts in it, but yeah, apparently there was going to be a very dark dystopian Spider-Man episode and they canned it because they deemed it would be too dark, but they, they made it, I believe. Um, so yeah, you have to wonder what the hell that was about, but I guess we'll never know. Hmm. Yeah, I guess not. That's a shame. Release the Spider-Man cut. Um, <laughs> so let, let's talk about some positivities. Let's get into our favorite episodes uh, of this season. Andy, what what were if you had to give a top three or however many? What what were your favorite ones from the season? Um, 
I think the one that goes straight to the top of my list go is the Avengers 1602 okay. um, episode. So what happened if the Avengers were formed in 1602? Um, I loved seeing all the Avengers together as like old school um, figures. It was um, it sort of cracked me up quite a bit. Um, Loki is almost like the Shakespeare of his time, <laughs> um, I thought was hilarious. <laughs> he's there with his little skull. Oh, alas, poor Yorick. Right. Um, and getting um, getting like Steve Rogers, um, Ant Man, and Winter Soldier as like Robin Hood and his gang, I thought was absolutely hilarious as well. Mm. Um, I do feel like they make poor uh, poor um, um, Ant Man a bit too jokey in this series. Though they did it in season one when it was just a head, um, and they <laughs> oh, yeah. did it in this season where he's he's just he's just constantly like cracking jokes left, right, and center. He's um. Like never takes anything seriously, but um, yeah. I thought, yeah, it was it was cool to see them as the Robin Hood, um, and obviously the the story about an incursion happening. Okay, well, yeah, the episode may have been a bit more Captain Carter centric than I wanted. It was good to see the rest of them all there, mm-hmm. and then with Hedda having been sucked up into the incursion, um, Thor taking over as his eventual god in a way, uh, eventual ruler. I thought was quite cool, um, and I liked the eventual explanation at the end of how this all sort of started to happen. The fact that you know. Captain America was fighting Thanos in Infinity War, and he hits the Time Stone, and it just projected him back in time. That's um, right. I liked, I liked all that. So, to me, this was overall probably a really fun episode because, and it will follow on to the the next episode that I would mention. Um, hmm. But obviously, Happy Hogan being like um, his version of, of the Hulk. Um, mm-hmm. And the fact that they carried that into this episode, and the fact that he's trying not to get angry because he's like head of security, <laughs> and he then just forehead like, ah, of security just loses it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that definitely goes into my top three. Um, to be fair, okay. I, I I like um, that one too. That was solid. Yeah. Mm. Following on from that, I do have the Happy Hogan Saves Christmas episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in the first half of this series, this was probably the one I enjoyed the most because it was a fun episode. Um, it was great to see Justin Hammer back. Um, yes. I know that he's obviously rumored to be in the Armor Wars film or series, whatever they're going to be doing with that now. Yeah, um, coming back into that. Yeah, who knows? If it's a film TV series, who knows anymore? Um, but yeah, it was great to see him back in that. Um, I always enjoyed his character from Iron Man 2. Um, and obviously just Hogan trying to go around and, and, and be creeping around the Avengers Tower to save things and then accidentally getting injected with Hulk blood and turning into this like rage monster with his like crooked face um, and just going about it the way that they did and him getting to fight the Hulkbuster armor as well. I just thought it was overall a, a funny episode and one that actually put a smile on my face and I really enjoyed. Um, nice. Because that was the, I believe that was the Christmas Eve episode. Yes. Based in mind that it was the only actual Christmas episode for this series. This would have been better to have dropped on Christmas Day. Right. Um, but it was still cool to um, to have a Christmas episode in there. Um, but then rounding off my top three, um, I've got Kahori Reshapes the World. Nice. Um, so a brand new character. Um, They've they developed just for this series. Obviously, she's not in the comics or been in the MCU or anything like that before. Um, it was a really interesting episode, I thought. Um, based on obviously the Spanish invading, and obviously they had this lake that um, that was forbidden for them to go into because we learned that obviously um, was at the start that Odin was using the Tesseract to defend against Sertar, and Sertar strikes down on it, sends it, splits the Tesseract, and sends it spinning out into the world, and it obviously lands on on this particular Earth. Um, 
and the people that went into the lake, it just sucks them in and transports them to the sky world, which is like a different dimension or something, and it gives them all superpowers. I was a bit sketchy on how the Tesseract gave them all the powers that they had in terms of they all got given super speed and the ability to like, ugh, I don't even, can't even think of the word really, but telekinesis and stuff like that, yeah. the ability to control the portals. And stuff. I can understand the portals then because it's the Tesseract, mm-hmm. um, but making them like immortal and giving them super speed. I was a little bit sketchy on how it gave them all those powers, but mm. the fact that she's like not willing to, to be like the rest of those people that got sucked up there and to just sit and be immortal for the rest of their days living in, in there and she wants to go back and defend her people was great. And they all turn up at the end and there's that great scene where like she's about to get killed or something. They they turn around and the Spanish guy's looking in the forest and all their eyes just start glowing. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, Creepy. we will come to fucking kick your ass. Yeah. Um, so I actually, you know, I really enjoyed this character. Um, I thought it, you know, as a, as a brand new character, they've invented just for this, not taking any comic book sources at all. They, they did a good job. And obviously she plays a big part in the finale. So, yeah, dude, I, I love that. Um, that's actually, I think that's my favorite episode of the season. So I, I, I like, I love that you had that up there. Um, so I'll just go into that, man. I, I, I felt more in this episode than any other episode. I'm, I'm a big emotions guy when I'm watching stuff. Um, I probably cry a little bit too much, uh, than I should. Um, I feel a lot <laughs> of Lord of the Rings stuff. I feel my, the hairs lift on my body. I'm ready to run into a battle. And I just, I, I, anything that makes me feel like strong emotions that resonates with me at all is always going to go to the top of my list. And this one really did that. It was a beautiful story. Um, and like you said, it's a, it's a brand new character and it's so refreshing for them to not just change existing characters to how they want to do or whatever the case. It's just refreshing for them to be like, let's make a new person. And represent the Native Americans who we don't have Native American. Well, we do actually. There's a couple uh, X Men, I believe, who are Native American. Um, But it's not a lot. And you know they they just did a great job at creating this new character. And the Native American stories always tend to grab me too. My grandpa uh, grew up on a reservation in South Dakota. He lived with us for a while. I mean, so he had just paintings galore and all these stories would tell. Um, and so native American stories always just kind of, I just, I love them. Uh, Prey was an amazing movie. And this kind of reminded me yeah, of Prey. This, the Kahori kind of reminded me of the main oh, character yeah. from mm-hmm. pay there or from Prey. Um, and just outside of all that, it was just a cool character. They did a really good job at creating a new unique character. Um, I'm with you though. Yeah. I, the Tesseract, I know the Tesseract gave Captain Marvel her powers, so it can give you f- flight and, you know, mm. optic blasts or hand blasts or whatever the hell Captain Marvel does. But yeah, I don't know how they could just hit the jackpot on everything. The Superman powers <laughs> everybody got by going through the lake. So there, there was definitely a few things here and there, but overall the ending where she rises up and she, she can't take it because she knows her people are hurting. And I don't know if you noticed, but I did want to talk about this. You her stance is very similar to Killmonger. Very mm, yeah. similar. You know, she sees her people who are flourishing with this new extraterrestrial power that is giving them this great abundance in life, and they're not using it to help those who are struggling. But she handled it differently. She didn't just start yeah. burning the Skyland and killing their leaders and saying, we're going to kill all these people. You know, she gave them a chance. She said, you guys can stay here. I'm going to go save my people. And they came and they helped her. So you have to wonder, like, what if Killmonger actually came to T'Challa, T'Challa not with <laughs> war in mind and actually 
tried to explain everything to him and T'Challa might have listened and what would have happened if Wakanda mm-hmm. listened to Killmonger you know so I, I thought it was a very interesting parallel there um, but that was my favorite episode too so I was a big fan of that um, I loved Avengers 1602 just for everything you mm-hmm. said I won't even go over all of it because you pretty much hit every part that I really enjoyed too but I do I love just the little aspects like the Wakanda gave Thor the the vibranium sword as like a coronation yeah. gift and such another example of Wakanda gifting vibranium to different countries over the years like mm-hmm. uh, another episode they re- revealed that they were the ones who gifted the the vibranium to make Cap's shield mm. um so it was it was a cool episode. I loved Steve Rogers' um, place in it. the The Christmas one I liked it just for the Christmas feel. Honestly, I wasn't crazy about it, but I just liked the Christmas light feel to it. And I totally agree. It should have just released <laughs> on Christmas. It would have been perfect. Um, yeah. But I think with the rest of my top episodes, the other one is going to be episode two. Uh, what if Peter Quill attacked Earth's Mightiest Heroes? So we get the Avengers in the 80s. And I, I just love the the montage of the team up of the mm. 80s and Avengers being introduced. Um, everybody coming into play. You know, the T'Challa's dad. Um, I'm already forgetting everybody else who was involved in it. Um, Obviously, you had um, original Ant-Man. Hank Pym. Um, yeah. Hank Pym. Um, I forget her name, but the, um, the woman from Captain Marvel. Um, oh, there you go. Yeah. What was her name? Was it Marvel? Marvel, yeah. Um, okay. Got the list in front of me. I don't know why I'm. I'm saying I don't know. I've got the list in front of me. Uh, Doctor Wendy Lawson. <laughs> yes, there you go. Um, obviously, Bill Foster was in there. Um, obviously, an older Peggy Carter, non non Super Soldier Peggy non-super Carter, Super Soldier, uh, and obviously uh, Winter Soldier was in there as well. Sent yeah, by Russia. Yeah, you got thrown in there. And... <laughs> yeah, no, I so I I thought that was a very fun mo- or movie. Uh, episode it was it it hooked me the first episode was kind of meh to me and then the second episode dropped the second day and i was like okay here we go we're rolling into something here mm. so those were those are my top episodes for sure yeah people so, attacked earth my heroes was i thought it was a, a good i like say i love the 80s lineup of the like 80s avengers so to speak mm-hmm. i thought that was really good the only thing that disappoints me about this episode is like they do so often is it's and what's been true to this series a little bit actually is the fact that they don't the the title doesn't match up with what happens in the episode a little bit. So it's what happened if Peter Quill attacked Earth Mighty's heroes. Um they don't really want to take him out because he's apart from Bucky obviously wants to kill a kid. Um, yeah. <laughs> they don't really go for him because he's like because he is a kid, so to speak, even though he's got these powers that can destroy all of them. Mm-hmm. And they end up turning him. And also Bucky, who's supposed to be maybe he's obviously different because a different universe. He's supposed to be brainwashed and right. very compliant at this stage, and they just managed to turn him by Peggy or um or um what's his face um, older Stark Howard Howard Stark yeah 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 just having a word in his ear, and it's just like oh, I don't think that's quite going to break through his brain controlling. Um, yeah. So I, I I never like it when they get the the enemy to turn in the episode at the end and then attack his dad. So it was effectively it was like what if. Ego sent Peter to Earth. He wusses out, and then Ego comes to finish the job and gets beaten himself. Yeah, should have um, been what if Ego attacked Earth? Let's just go yeah. with that. Yeah, or something. But yeah, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> well, speaking of issues you had with it, what were your, what, just uh, what was your most di- disappointing episodes? The the episodes that you had high hopes for based off the title or based off the the synopsis, and you watched it and were like, well, what the hell was that? 
it's an a couple in there for different reasons, some more disappointing than others. The, the most disappointing episode for me was actually um, what if Hella found the Ten Rings? Mm. Um, I remember messaging you about this because I was a little bit frustrated. <laughs> Again, the, maybe a slightly mis... Not not necessarily misleading title because I thought what if Hella got the Ten Rings was like the episode title. So they, the way they've worded it, Hella found the Ten Rings, found, okay, slightly right. different. So this was essentially like a replacement. This was like the original Thor film and Shang-Chi put into one. It was like a new right. story, wasn't it? So, um, you know, her defying Odin, getting banished to Earth and putting him, uh, Odin putting a curse on her, um, her headset and then sending it to there. <laughs> and we said, we got all the Thor moments of where she thinks she's still got a power, sends up she hasn't, and she's like, watch this, when she walks up to her, to her headset and tries to pick it up off the ground and can't do it. Um, so all the classic Thor 1 moments, um, but obviously with Hela instead. I just overall, yeah, disappoint. I thought this was going to be a ruthless episode of what if badass Hela got the Ten Rings and used them on top of her powers to just decimate everyone on Earth. She probably yeah. could have taken over Earth with her normal powers anyway, to be fair. Um, but then with the Ten Rings on top, she I was expecting it to be an episode where she decimates Earth, takes over, and then takes over the Nine Realms and destroys Odin. That's what I was kind of expecting is like that retribution. Would have been sick. Um and the fact that we we got like um an episode where she becomes redeemed and becomes Hell of the White. Um it was just overall a bit dis- yeah, the my most disappointing episode because it just wasn't what I was expecting given the title. Yeah. And then I was not expecting like a redemption story for her. Yeah, it it was. Uh, I know you you messaged me before I watched it, and I know you're <laughs> you're pretty disappointed by it. Um, I didn't hate it, but I also didn't love it either. Um, I agree with you. It was kind of just they just hit all the same notes as Thor one, but with Hela. Like, but mm. they made sure to literally hit every aspect of it. Um, and I kind of expected that too. I did think it was going to be Hela and odin just conquering like we we're gonna get to see those days they talked about in ragnarok um mm. and we really didn't all we really got was odin just another example of him being just a dog shit father uh he sends <laughs> his daughter to earth to learn mercy and then when she does he comes and tries to kill her yeah. <laughs> like what the hell dude uh I, yeah i don't know so it definitely wasn't what i was expecting either hell of the white was I don't know. Maybe it's because we just saw Ahsoka the White and it just was like, okay. I mean, <laughs> I don't know who asked, you know, I don't know. Mm. It was okay. It just, it, it it was more disappointing than I was hoping for it too. Um, again, yeah. didn't hate it, but didn't, didn't love it. <laughs> I think the only one that I, I, I thought was really boring um, for this particular series was the um, Iron Man crashed into the Grandmaster episode. Mm. So this was a leftover episode from season one, um, where we never get to see Gamora that we see in the finale of season one set up. Right. Um, so this was kind of her story mixed in with what if Tony Stark you know, never made it back to Earth after the end of the first Avengers film and was left in space. Um, I just thought it was boring. To be fair, there wasn't much that, having watched it, excite me about it. Um yeah, I don't really have much more to say about it. I literally just thought it was a fairly boring episode. Um, there was nothing exciting about it. It's kind of weird when you're doing a retrospective episode of a character that was already brought into the, the, the finale of the first season as a badass and, and then just yeah. turns up out of nowhere, really, in this in this episode. Um, and then just Iron Man kind of being Iron Man. I, I'd like to see you know, Tony Stark and the Grandmaster on screen together in a proper film. 
That'd be funny because um, yeah. I think I think Robert Downey Jr. and Jeff Goldblum bouncing off each other would be absolutely hilarious. Yeah. But for me, in this episode, it was just kind of a bit meh. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I don't really have much more to say about this episode apart from the fact that it was I just find it boring. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm kind of with you. Uh, there wasn't a lot to it. It definitely. It was. I think after that, it was like okay, four episodes in. I only really, really liked one so far. And after I watched episode yeah. four, I was mm-hmm. like, man, the season is. It's dragging a little bit. Um, the only part that stood out to me was the very end, and I'm not even sure how I feel about it. Um, which was, we see an alternate ending of Gamora and Tony killing Thanos. I mean, Gamora kills him, mm. but Gamora hits him with the the pokey stick that turns people into melty goo from <laughs> Thor Ragnarok yeah. over on uh, Sakaar. Um, but it just. It was another instance where what if has just made Thanos getting killed look incredibly easy. It's like the fourth time he's been killed with absolutely no sweat broken or anything. It's like, you're kind of messing with my man's intimidation factor. You got to stop killing him off with ease like this. You already did it three times, I think, in what if. Let's just leave Thanos alone because you're (laughs) ruining Thanos, in my opinion. It's it's, it's their ongoing joke now, isn't it? In terms of like, how easily can we kill Thanos in this series? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He's either a Ravager minion who's kind of a good guy or he just gets killed instantly. It's like, okay. Can we give one story where Thanos is back to being scary? (laughs) I don't know. Although I would have liked to have seen... um... I think it was in the Heather episode, wasn't it? At the very end, like her and um, what was it? Uh, when Wu show up, and obviously mm. at the point where Thanos is like getting uh, child Gamora, he's getting ready to do his child kidnapping scene, um, oh, and they yeah. turn up to stop him. So it's like I would like to have seen that battle. Like, yeah, but it's just the fact that every time, yeah, Thanos has got a full Infinity Gauntlet in this series, he just gets his ass whooped instantly. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's just. Let's get our boy, you know, doing something. Let's give him a little bit, put a little bit more respect back on his name there. Because, yeah, I don't know. Um, so I do want to get into the finale a little bit. Um, I don't know if you wanted to touch on any of the other episodes before. Pretty much the only thing we haven't covered is episode one and episode five. So Nebula joined yeah. the Nova Corps, and what if Captain Carter fought the Hydra Stomper? So. I thought episode one was super boring. It didn't really bring me in. I honestly don't even remember a lot of it. Um, there was a couple like, oh, that's that's cool, or that's that guy from like a, an, an Easter egg or a cameo. But other than yeah. that, there wasn't a lot to write home about. Um, and episode five was basically the Winter Soldier, but it's Peggy instead in his place, yeah. you know, being best friends with Natasha. And then I think, um, yeah, so Steve is... In Bucky's place, basically, and we find out mm. Steve's been, you know, used as the Hydra Stomper. But uh, anything notable to say about either of those episodes? Were they kind of just whatever to you? Um, yeah, I mean, episode one, never to join the Nova Corps. The only good thing about that was the cameos, you know, Corgan Meek, Howard the Duck. Um, <laughs> yeah. Even even getting Yon Rog from from you know, Captain Marvel film was oh, yeah. with um, with Jude Law voicing him was was a yeah. nice surprise. Um, true. Apart from that, like you said, yeah, it was kind of super boring. To be fair, the um, the woman in charge of Nova Corps just turning on them and, and allowing Ronin to to well want to invade them after f- their years of being stuck behind a barrier. It's like really that's the route you went down. That's you right. kind of sold out quite quickly after closing that barrier. Um, a little bit. Yeah. So yeah, it was like you said, it was kind of boring. To be fair, um, nothing really that good about it. Captain Carter yeah. fights the Hydra Stomper, Winter Soldier slash Black Widow replacement film. 
or replacement episode. Yeah. Um, yeah, interesting concept. I don't really buy into this version of of, of Steve being like kept in the Hydra stomper by the mm-hmm. by the Red Room, so to speak. Um, yeah, again, not much. I was because at the start, you at the start of the episode, they always put the like um, when they're doing the intros, they always have like the um, the credits of who's appearing in it. And when right. it came up with the Rachel Vice, and I was like, I remember her being in the MCU. I just don't remember who she played. And it wasn't until she showed up on screen, I was like, oh, right, she was like Black Widow's mother. Um, yep. And I was like, she, but she sounded nothing like her character in the, no. in, from the film. I, th- I was like, I didn't recognize her at all. Um, so that was a bit a bit random. Um, yeah, so, I had to check the casting when I was watching the episode because yeah. I, I missed the first part of it at the start. And I was like, is this Rachel Weiss? I, I guess it is. And it turned out to be, <laughs> but yeah, it didn't really sound like her. No, I mean, actually, apart from that. Mm-hmm. Sorry, carry on. No, I was just going to say, I felt that way about Goldblum, too. I didn't think it was Goldblum uh, in that episode until I double-checked. I was like, oh, it is. Well, all right, good. It was him. Mm. Yeah, apart from that, there was nothing really of note in those episodes. I mean, mm. I think the only only good cameo that we've seen throughout this series that maybe doesn't get mentioned is that Clancy Brown returned to voice Sertar. Hey, yeah. Um, and obviously, he's, you know, he's known for many things. He was obviously mm-hmm. in SpongeBob. Um <laughs> We know him as um, as Savage Press in in Star Wars, um, mm-hmm. as well as obviously a couple of other cameos he's done as other characters on screen. So, mm-hmm. love his voice, um, love love hearing him when he turns up, and he he sort of suits that Serta voice quite well. So yeah. nice to see him just literally doing a couple of lines. He's like, "I am here to destroy." <laughs> that was like just it. That's literally all he. They were just Clancy's like, just do ready. a vo- voice note. <laughs> like, just do a voice note on your phone and send that over to us. It's fine. We don't really need you to come into the studio. Um, <laughs> always on deck. Clancy's always ready to give one or two yeah. lines for an entire project. <laughs> Shout out to Clancy but, um, for some, People made a big deal of the fact that um, Elizabeth Olsen was back to voice Scarlet Witch in, in this Avengers 1602 episode. Mm-hmm. I don't know why people were making such a big deal out of that. Um, but... Yeah, yeah. maybe nice to see her back because obviously there's been a lot of confusion about her MC, well, her main MCU character. Is she dead? Is she alive? It's like I don't believe they killed her off at the end of Multiverse of Madness for one one second. Um, right. Even if they're like, even if that book came out that confirms that she she killed at the end of it, I'm like, no, she ain't dead. There's no way they're killing off her character. So, no, so I guess nice to have her back voicing it. Um, I know they generally don't do that in terms of like that episode. It would have been good if there was some behind the scenes footage of all of them in the room together recording that episode of like all the Avengers. Right. Um, obviously, I know that doesn't, that's not the way it works, but it would have been cool if like, because that obviously was an episode where you did have the most voice actors from the MCU together yeah. to do an episode. Um, so that kind of would have been cool. But, um, but yeah. So yeah. nothing else to say about those, those other two episodes either. But very right. standard, very boring. Um, yeah. But yeah, let's hit up the finale. Hit me. Yeah. Um, so we got the finale. What if if Supreme Strange intervenes? So basically, quick summary of it. Strange recruits Peggy, um, says somebody's breaking the multiverse again, yada, yada, yada. We find out he's got an entire zoo full of threats to the multiverse that he's locked up. Kind of just like the Collector or uh, Miguel O'Hara in Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. He's got his own little prison. Uh, and he sends Peggy to attack Kahori in a universe where Peggy and Steve both died and Red Skull took over America and is actually on Mount Rushmore. It's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, until Kahori enlightens Peggy that, surprise, evil Doctor Strange is, wait for it, evil. So, uh, 
I just kind of felt like the plot to episode nine here as the finale was just kind of was a little lazy for me. Um, instead of another what if we got, you know, the tale from the first season continued, which if you have a great story to tell, then I'm I'm good for it because I like the, the finale for season one. But season one ended with, you know, Supreme Strange stepping up, saving the day. Um, yes, it didn't specifically say he's good and obviously he's not cured of his trauma. He still misses Christine, but it just the whole reason for this finale was he wants to save Christine again. Like, haven't we already done that with Supreme Strange where he <laughs> wanted to save Christine and consequences happened and like that's it. And we're just back and that's the motivation here is he wants to save Christine again. It's just no no new info or plan came to light like, oh, well, I learned this and I, I think I can make it happen or yada, yada, yada. Just nope. He's just deciding to try and do it again. Uh, and to defeat him, they just gave the two main characters every possible power conceivable uh, from every legendary item or weapon. So I don't know. It just yeah. felt like Gia or Gaia from Secret Invasion where they gave her every DNA <laughs> possible and she turned into Captain Marvel, Thor, Gam- Gamora, you know, Drax, every possible yeah. character we know. So it just kind of felt like lazy. They just gave them everything. We're like, here, you can have Mjolnir. You can have Stormbreaker. You can have Zeus's lightning bolt. You can have the power of the Tesseract. And then they just kind of wiped him out. He kind of wiped him out, wiped himself out again at the end, which kind of mm. felt repetitive yeah. to where he saw. It just all felt repetitive. Um, and I don't know. It didn't land that much for me. It was okay. There was some cool stuff in it for sure. There was some really cool shots. But overall, for a finale of season two, it just kind of felt like it wasn't that original of, a, of an idea. I don't know. But but I I know a lot of people liked it, and I don't blame you if you did. That's how it landed for me. How did it land for you? I'm curious. Yeah, I I was a bit disappointed. Um, Strange Supreme was probably my favorite character to come out of season one, mm-hmm. um, and because the, the guy is badass, like the way he deals with Infinity Ultron in, in, in the finale episodes of season one, unreal. I mean, the guy swallows a galaxy being no. exploded insane like <laughs> that was fucking insane in season one yeah. like this guy is badass um he's like pretty much got to be one of the strongest beings out there you know he can stop people with a full infinity gauntlet um you know and he's not only battling like infinity ultra in these episodes he's trying to save everyone else at the same time like he carried that battle 98 percent of the way um mm-hmm. and everyone else was just in here just like hitting a vibranium Ultron with their shields and their batons and whatever and doing nothing. Right. Um, so it was just, it, like, he carried them. So I was expecting this episode to be huge in, in terms of what this character was going to deliver. Um, you know, the way that he's left in season one, he's just left in his, in his sort of shut down universe, keeping an eye on Ultron and Killmonger, isn't he? Um, and that was sort of like his duty bike given to him by the Watcher for the rest of his time. He's like, sorry, mate, you fucked up, your universe is gone, but you're going to sit in this void and watch these two characters be frozen for all of time and make sure they don't escape. So it was interesting to see him show up in this episode um, in the Sanctum in Infinitum. So it was like, mm-hmm. did he build himself this 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 uh, Sanctum during the time he's just sat there doing nothing? Um, and then we obviously saw him right at the end of the Kahori episode because he does show up. And he's just like, I've been waiting to talk to you for a very long time. Um, And so I wondered where where that would go. Um, But yeah, overall, this episode, the storyline was just kind of disappointing. When we see the tagline of, you know, what if Strange Supreme intervened? I was expecting, and I'm sure I saw a clip in 
the trailer where we see him appearing through a portal and he's coming down to the Battle of Wakanda when Thanos shows up with the gauntlet. Maybe I'm misremembering, but I'm sure that's where I got excited because I was like, he appears above Thanos in Wakanda through a portal. Oh. And I thought that's what it means by if he intervened, if what he intervened at that moment of the, in the Battle of Wakanda and, and helps the heroes to win rather than the, the, than the blip happening. Mm-hmm. I thought that's essentially what this episode was going to be. So maybe that's that my fault. Awesome. Maybe I got a twisted round, but yeah, like you said, it's just the fact he's back on this case of trying to save Christine, even though it almost been sort of proven to him in season one that he couldn't change this uh, this nexus point or whatever they they called it in terms of Christine had to die in this universe. Right. So to to go back on that, okay, you're keeping in line with the character and the fact that that's all he wanted to do was save Christine. Um, but yeah. The cool cameos in this we get from obviously because you know he's capturing universe killers and it turns out he's capturing everyone, so we do get all yeah. the heroes and baddies in there together. Um, and we see pretty much every baddie from every universe that we've seen across both seasons of What If, either in status or in the big fight when they're released. Mm-hmm. Um, loved the fact that Zombie Scarlet Witch showed up with all of her zombies behind her, that was yeah. pretty epic. Um, because I can't wait, by the way, to get the the What If Zombies series that's coming. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's TVMA. animated in the same style. Mm-hmm. Um, I cannot wait for that, to be fair. I thought the Zombies episode from season one was one of my favourites. So same. I can't wait to see that. So yeah, getting Scarlet Witch, and because uh, the zombie Scarlet Witch is going to be fucking terrifying. Um, so to she be already up against is, that man. and zombies in general. Yeah. yeah. She's scary as hell. Fuck. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, mean, fucking, I would not be sticking around in that for that one. I, I'd be turning and running as fast as I could. God, but, no. um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then the, the final showdown with Kahori, Carter, and and Strange. Um, like you said, just throwing every weapons, uh, all of them. I was not a fan of that because that's just like let's just give you the kitchen sink in a way to kind of try and mm-hmm. make it cool without it actually being cool at the same time. Right. Um, there was that yeah. cool moment when obviously you know, season one Killmonger shows up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and they, you think, oh, cool! So we're going to have a proper showdown again, sort of thing. And he gets beaten really easily, <laughs> um, like instantly. And then Carter just takes all the Infinity Stones, and I'm like, okay, this killed Tony Stark, but how does it? How is it working Thank for you? you? How? How? Okay, how? I get this is what if, but we got to keep the rules of the universe intact. Still, how is she going to catch all six Infinity Stones in her hand and just? punch supreme strange no gauntlet no nothing she's not a god peter who was half god barely could hold the power stone alone and he needed the guardians to grab his hands before it tore him to shreds but peggy can just hold all six infinity stones and just throw a punch like it's nothing like i don't know that part was like that goes against like everything we know about infinity stones but okay uh, so yeah, that that part too stuck out for me. Like, yeah, it's not landing with me, but yeah, yeah, that that was yeah. So you've got to stick to some of the rules of, of of the universes and stuff. So that was that's where my disbelief was really suspended for this episode, and I was like, yeah. okay, uh, it was fascinating to see her essentially punch all the different demons and and animals yeah. and stuff out of Strange, um, but for them yeah. to like have such control over him that they just went back into him. And then they take over. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I didn't really necessarily enjoy the ending to it as well, where like 
Strange Supreme himself manages to hold the demons in and sacrifice themselves to the forge to, right. to be the thing that you know ends it. Um, I don't think Strange Supreme would have gone that way. <laughs> Personally, I don't. Th- from what we know of the character, I don't think he would have done that. He's trying to save right. Christine, and this is his whole point. He doesn't then sacrifice himself right. to stop the forge from exploding. Um, so, yeah, overall, in terms of expectation for the series, this was mm-hmm. the episode I was uh, had the highest expectations for and fell short by the longest way. Mm-hmm. I don't put it in there as, like, the worst episode of the series, but in terms of my own expectation... Right. Yeah, another another Captain Carter centric episode really when it was supposed to be more about strange um great cameos all over the place that you could yeah you know, I watched a YouTube video spotting every single one that they could and it was cool to see all the different ones that were in there. I bet. But yeah, it just ends that way and I don't know how you feel about it ending on that bombshell that strange sacrificing himself and all the power that he had at the end of it actually resurrects his universe but he's never born into it. And so he does actually save Christine in the end, but he's never born to this universe. And so he's not alive to see the fact that she's actually living. Yeah, I I actually, I didn't hate that aspect of it. I thought that was at least creative. Um, it's one of those scenarios where you don't go home feeling good, but you don't <laughs> go home feeling depressed either. It's kind of, it's a very bittersweet thing. It's like, okay, Christine gets to live live that's the main thing he wanted but obviously he wanted to be able to spend time with her while she was alive so um but i didn't hate that that wrap up that conclusion where the isn't that when the watchers kind of shown peggy the universe that is now created now that's I mean, strange that, that was a good way to end it to be fair when mm-hmm. she's like you know take me on take me home but it's yes. a long route so show me a few different universes yes and he's like you won't believe what you get to see and then we end it on that that shot of seeing Loki's Yggdrasil. Yeah. Um, I so like that. That was a really cool bit to end that on, to be fair. For sure. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you there. Um, yeah, the finale is a whole, and it, it always sucks when that's one of your highest expectations and it happens to be the finale and then it kind of falls short like that. It, it puts a damper on the season as a whole uh, when something like that. But no, the last scene, I thought that was a really good way to wrap it all up for sure. I was hoping we were going to see loki kind of i didn't know if we would um i thought it'd be kind of cool to see an animated loki god of stories but i i don't hold it against them for not doing it uh, we just got him live action so it's just a little hope i think it, yeah when they showed yidrasil i think it would have been cool if it had like um the, the watcher and peggy looking at, at yidrasil it maybe like zoomed into yidrasil and just shows loki's face and him just gives a little nod to the watcher and they go on their way sort of thing that would have been yeah. a slightly cool way Yeah, Yeah, that wouldn't have been bad. Well, speaking of stuff you would have liked to see, do you have any... So we we obviously have season three confirmed for What If. We got that random sneak peek scene. Um, Are there any concepts you have in mind of something you'd like to see coming out in season three? It's a tough one because you could literally do anything really isn't it anything um, right it seems to be a bit a bit tied up with tying everything a little bit together um hopefully a bit less captain carter in in, in season three <laughs> yeah um, i think we've kind of tied up her story now so i don't really see the need for them to keep going back to her True. um for, for a season three um rumor has it season three will be the final season as, as well um okay. obviously not confirmed but i 
don't know how much longer they would keep on doing it, to be fair. Especially if maybe season three eventually ties into, like we said, Secret Wars with incursions Ooh. and stuff like that. Um, I, I would like to see that as the overall arcing storyline, since yeah. they'd like to obviously try and tie things up at the end. Um, I'd like to see that, because you already got the incursions sort of happening in the Avengers 1682 episode. Um so I would like that to I I don't really have any any ideas or suggestions for individual episodes mm-hmm. because there's just so much you can do um right. whether it's adapting different um different storylines in the comics or, or or just coming up with brand new concepts there's just so much out there that I might I would have to sit down and have a real hard think before I could do anything off the top of my head but I think there's an overall yeah an overall sort of arc for the series itself tying it into secret wars the destruction of universes and the watcher not really sure what's happening or why um and then sort of investigating it himself since since this particular watcher likes to intervene it seems um nosy so yeah overall overall arc for the series that you know at the end of each episode maybe the universe collapses somehow and the watcher starts to investigate and and it leads down the road to towards secret wars that's a great answer, honestly. That that that's a great answer. If they did that and they were just dropping breadcrumbs all the way to Secret Wars from the first episode of season three throughout, and it culminated mm. to the finale where it kind of opened up into where Secret Wars is going, or any that that would be awesome. So that's a great idea, especially because they confirmed, like you said earlier, um, that everything that happens in What If is happening in canon. It's just happening mm. in different parts of the multiverse. So that's that's kind of a cool thing there. So great answer there um i yeah i don't have i don't have a lot even though i kind of threw it out there like maybe you know a couple suggestions (laughs) i barely even have anything either Uh, i said one of mine earlier but it kind of goes against my let's be creative and branch out it's not that creative but uh, (laughs) the whole what if t'challa listened to killmonger and helped him Mm. um and the world fought back and so Killmonger was with T'Challa and stuff, but the world wasn't accepting of their help, and you got that conflict there. Or what if Ronan succeeded in destroying Xandar and the Guardians, and then Thanos had to step up and scramble to find the other stones because Ronan would now have been more powerful than him? Um, but honestly, those two were two that popped up from something else I had saw from these episodes, so that's not super creative. Mm. But I like yours. I'm going with yours. I think they should drop some breadcrumbs into Secret Wars next season. That would be awesome. Mm. And talk about a way to get people to watch who aren't, you know, who are like, well, mm. I'll skip the animated stuff. You're like, well, it leads into Secret Wars. That's going to bring more yeah. hundreds of thousands, if not millions of extra people coming in to watch the series. So that would be awesome. One that just popped into my head quickly since Jonathan Majors has obviously been fired um, ah. from his role as Kang the Conqueror. Um, yes. If they had a what if episode that kind of maybe wraps up Kang's ultimate storyline, um, if they don't okay. choose to recast him, because there's obviously been a lot of rumors about he had a clause in his contract saying he could be the only one that played Kang, um, which I don't obviously we don't know how true that is. Um, there have been lots of rumors going around now about recasting, but if if they decide not to recast him and and just change the um, um, Kang Dynasty film to Avengers 5 or whatever um, and they don't continue a story just having one episode that wraps up a whole of Kang's storyline for the MCU because to be fair the way it ends in Loki season 2 you can almost leave it that way because Victor Timely's gone He Who Remains is gone um, Kang from Ant-Man you can technically pass off that he's dead even though he's but at this moment in time, he probably wasn't going to be. Right. So the only unresolved thread from the Kang storyline is the Council of Kangs. 
Mm. Um, I heard rumors that if you were going to replace Kang with, say, Doctor Doom, Mm-hmm. That you could have Doom show up and destroy the Council of Kangs, which would be an ultimate power move that would then lead into him being in charge for Secret Wars. Um, but if you're not going to go down that route, some have like, yeah, just have an episode of What If that wraps up the Kangs storyline and something happens in there that destroys the Council of Kangs or yeah. or the, the Kang Prime, whoever was going to be in charge. And, and that way you can then move on from Kang without having to do anything in the main MCU timeline. That's a great idea. That would solve so many issues you have with that casting there. Uh, I wonder if they have the balls to do it, but that would be that would be a good idea. Well, well, but that would be such a good idea. That'd be just a a straight, quick fix. But anyway, um, I love the King idea. That would be great. So they, yeah, they probably don't have the balls to do it, but they should. That would be a solid fix to it. Um, Yeah. Um, you got any other uh, other takes on this what if se- what if season before we head out of here for the night? I think we've said it all. To be fair, um, a right. couple of good episodes, not maybe not quite as as good and cohesive as, as season one, mm-hmm. um, but excited still for for a season three um, and hoping that they they give a few more interesting ideas because, like I said, you could come up with so many ideas. Yeah. Um, and, and the combinations of characters that you could actually put into episodes because it's alternate timelines in, in, in the in the universe. So yeah. excited that we've got a series like this. We we talk about a lot now the fact they've done a what if Marvel series. Why can't they do like a what if Star Wars or something like that? I don't yeah. think they will because they'll keep this as a Marvel thing. Um but I'm excited that we've got a series like this. And it's led it's leading to spin-offs, like I said, we're getting the zombie series. Um the idea of then some of these characters have already, like Captain Carter herself, obviously made it into Multiverse of Madness. So they brought, they're using this as a branch out method as well, which I, I really like. They haven't just kept it as its own thing. They're using it to to put other ideas out there in other shows and bring other characters forward as well um, mm. to explore the, the multiverse. So I've been really glad for it um, and just hope that season three really, really does kick on as well, if, if, if it is the final season. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like that. I like that positivity. And you're right. Honestly, if you would ask me five years ago if I would have thought Marvel would have a what if series coming out with multiple seasons, I would have been ecstatic. And, you know, like you said, it's still been good. Um, season one was better, but I'm just I'm thankful to just get some what if episodes, you know, even if only three or four of them I really, really like. It's still something. It's not, you know, we're not taking up anything else. Well, why not? You know, why be upset about it? So I, I'm glad we yeah. even get these stories to be told too. And although they're not doing it perfectly for this season, they still are utilizing it in a really good way for the future of the MCU. So I, I'm glad it's here too. But I am waiting on that Star Wars one. I'm waiting. I don't yeah, think they'll yeah, do yeah. it either. I mean, but man, nah. they could make some. some I would cool die stuff. if they did a series like that because it would be unbelievable. Dude, um, why you know, the first about... episode they're writing down is we're giving everyone what they want. So what if Anakin doesn't turn, or what if Anakin survives at the end of yep. episode three? What if he wins? Um, yeah, yep. exactly. Um, well, speaking what... of which, just, I know it's a complete yeah. diversion from Marvel, but did you ever yeah. play the original Revenge of the Sith game that was brought out? In yes, like, uh, freaking um, amazing. Might be my favorite I Star never Wars actually... game of all time. 
Really? Oh, I never got around to playing it. And I found it on Xbox oh. Store recently. So I, I've bought it and downloaded it. I haven't got around to playing it yet. What oh, I did okay. constantly see was the alternate ending at the end of the game. Yes. Where Anakin beats Kenobi. Then the Emperor arrives with his guard of honor to like congratulate Anakin. And Anakin does this, like, flips his lightsaber up in the air and stabs the Emperor through the chest. And then he's yes. like, I'm in charge now. Like, I'm the yeah. captain now. Takes um, over. And he's just unbelievable. I was like, that's what we need is a what if episode, isn't it? So. No kidding, no. That when I watched that as a kid, I was like, "Oh, like it blew my mind." <laughs> um, no, that that I don't know how it holds up. I can't vouch for it now. But when it came out, that game was freaking amazing. When you beat it, you <laughs> got a versus mode, so it was like you know Mortal Kombat. You're setting up a one ver one v one, but the the characters you could choose were i think you could play as revan like they had so many sith and jedi you could play against each other as and you could play co-op or split screen uh, the game was just a freaking blast as a kid so well, this is this is my sunday decided hey now. there you go i i hope it holds up i hope it does i can't guarantee <laughs> it but um yeah they just need to make a hypothetical tales of the jedi i guess if you can't use the what if name we'll just call it hypothetical mm. tales of the jedi and we'll move on but <laughs> All right. Well, like you said, I think that'll wrap it up. I think we covered season two pretty well here tonight. Um, Andy, thank you so much for, for doing this crossover episode again, for putting together another one. Um, tell the people where they can find you. Let's, let's get those, those tags out. No worries, mate. As always, an absolute, absolute pleasure. Um, I love the Wise Sidious podcast. Love you guys individually. Um, oh. it's always a pleasure to do these things with you. So, um, Galactic Core Podcast, find us on Instagram, um, Facebook, which, to be honest, I just post episodes on there. I don't really do anything. I don't like any promotion on there anymore. Um, Facebook kind of dying a death. Um, but yeah, Instagram, uh, TikTok are the, are the two main ones where you'll find me at. Um, I'm still trying to game occasionally on Twitch via the podcast channel. Um, get us on there. Obviously, tune into YouTube, trying to get that growing as well. So please give us, um, give us a subscribe on YouTube. You can always catch the episodes on there, as well as catching them on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all the other main places where you can catch us. What about you, Dave? Tell everyone where we can find the Why So Sidious podcast. Beautiful. Well, I got to start off with likewise back at you, man. You've been <laughs> an awesome guest and an awesome host for us when we guest on your show. Um, I love that we've we found our shows, we've we've connected and we've been collabing. It's been a pleasure. Um, you can find us as well. Uh, Instagram, TikTok and X all at Why So Sidious pod. We did start a Facebook page. Uh, I don't think we've signed into it in months, uh, so I don't think anything is on there. Uh, but we are also trying to break that YouTube barrier. Uh, we're putting full episodes on there, full videos, all that good stuff. Um, our our friend, our mutual friend Lee over at Lights Camera Rant mm -hmm. is absolutely freaking killing the YouTube killing game. This man went from like a thousand to nearly ten thousand and a small amount of time. So he is an inspiration to all of us. I want to be mm -hmm. like Lee. Go ahead and subscribe to both of us here on YouTube. Help us uh, grow out there. And then yeah, same all Spotify or all podcast platforms. Spotify, Google, Apple, all that good stuff. You can find us there. So as always, thank you for joining us here tonight, and we will see you next time on the Galactic Core Podcast slash Why So Sidious a Nerd Podcast. Good night. See ya. Thanks for tuning in to the Galactic Core Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. But until next time, go get your geek on.